This is Lisa Primus. I'm a policy analyst with the Center for the Study of Social Policy, and I'm joined by Dr. Charlyn Harper-Brown, a senior associate with the Center. Today we're talking about expectant and parenting youth in foster care. I work on an initiative called the Expectant and Parenting Youth in Foster Care Learning Collective. It's an interactive forum where professionals exchange ideas, information, and resources on the most innovative approaches to working with this population. Our goal is to promote policies within child welfare systems that improve outcomes for these young families. You can join our learning collective and we'll tell you how at the end of today's program. Dr. Harper Brown has just completed some important research. The research is on the developmental needs of expectant and parenting youth and through it, the center is recommending five areas that are particularly important for child welfare agencies to address in their work with these young women and men. Welcome, Dr. Harper-Brown. Thank you. Dr. Harper-Brown, what is the importance of focusing on the developmental needs of young parents in foster care? Addressing developmental needs is a way to build a strong foundation for these youth in order to function well as parents and emerging adults, and then in order to ensure healthier outcomes for themselves and their children. Our approach is called a two-generation approach because we believe that the best way to promote children's well-being is by developing the capabilities and resources of their parents. So what do we know about these young people and the challenges that they face in their lives? We know that they are at risk for numerous negative personal consequences, but this is not new news because the challenges they face have been the primary focus of research and practice. So while understanding the complexities of these risks and adverse outcomes is important, we emphasize the importance of also examining the positive experiences that build protective factors that reduce the impact of risk factors and that are associated with better outcomes for young young parents and their children. Similarly, we believe youth have unrealized resources and competencies that must be identified, mobilized, and appreciated regardless of the adverse conditions they are experiencing. We deliberately use the term expectant and parenting youth. Please explain why that is. The designation expectant and parenting youth is used to underscore the importance of considering both adolescent fathers and mothers. Although we still have a lot to learn about young fathers' experiences and how to better serve them, we must acknowledge their important role in contributing to the health and well-being of their children. So let's talk about each of the developmental areas and what the research tells us we need to address when we work with these populations. We've divided the developmental needs into five areas. The first one is physical, sexual, and reproductive health and development. This refers to having uh, the need to have an approachable, knowledgeable, non-judgmental adult with whom youth can freely discuss these kinds of issues, having access to and and timely receipt of accurate medical, contraceptive, and reproductive health care and and information. It also involves engaging, uh, encouraging the youth to engage in healthy behaviors, in particular eating nutritious foods and avoiding drug use. And then finally, This area focuses on being sexually responsible in order to delay subsequent pregnancies and prevent sexually transmitted infections. You also write about cognitive and emotional development. Can you um, explain what that means? This particular area refers to encouraging youth and helping them to have the motivation 
to seek medical, contraceptive, and reproductive health care and information, as well as the supports and services they need. They need to understand the impact of everyday stressors, the stressors related to parenting, and traumatic experiences that they may have, and then also building resilience despite adversity. Cognitive and emotional development also relates to helping you to discover their own strengths, to use their own voice, and to gain a sense of control over their life. Identity development is the next area, and that's an important one for all youth. What did we learn about it in the context of expectant and parenting youth? We learned how important it is, first of all, for them to forge a satisfying personal identity as well as a parental identity, and in particular, to provide experiences for them that will enable them to feel like, quote-unquote, normal adolescents. Identity development also focuses on being able to envision and explore a positive future identity and not just talk about it, but also make plans about the pathway to achieve a positive future identity. The next developmental area is social development. Could you talk with us a little bit about that? In this area, we focus on building and sustaining relationships with trustful and supportive family members, other adults, peers, and even the co-parent if it is safe and appropriate. Social development refers to being involved in social institutions and environments that are safe and stable and equitable. And social development also refers to having access and receiving comprehensive supports that focus on the dual needs of the young parents and their children. And we emphasize that these comprehensive supports should be guided by an understanding of adolescent development and a strength-based, trauma-informed approach to working with youth. Finally, there's preparation for parenthood and self-sufficiency. Could you tell us a little bit more about what the research says? This includes a lot. This includes encouraging them to complete high school, or a high school equivalency program, going to college or vocational training, securing employment with a livable wage, building healthy life skills, and learning to balance work and parental roles. It also includes helping youth to understand the importance of and learning how to be a competent, nurturing, responsive parent. And then finally, this this self-sufficiency and preparation for parenthood refers to being aware of one's rights as an expectant and parenting youth in general, and the rights of those of youth in foster care. Thank you very much, Dr. Harper-Brown. Research is available for download at the Center for the Study of Social Policies website, uh, www.cssp.org. The paper is called Expectant and Parenting Youth in Foster Care, Addressing Their Developmental Needs to Promote Healthy Parent and Child Outcomes. I'm curious. Dr. Harper-Brown, what was the most surprising thing you learned as you conducted this research? Actually, I was surprised by two things. First of all, about how little emphasis there was on understanding that young parents are still adolescents or young adults who have unique needs, even though they may be parents. And then second, I was surprised about how little emphasis there is on helping youth identify and mobilize their strengths. What is the most important takeaway for child welfare practitioners, and what's the most important lesson learned for policymakers? I think the most important takeaway is that expectant and parenting youth in foster care 
can be more effectively supported in their transition to adulthood and parenthood when practitioners and policymakers are guided by their parallel developmental needs as adolescents, as parents, and as youth in or recently transitioned out of foster care. I couldn't agree more. Thanks again, Dr. Harper-Brown. As I mentioned earlier, our Expected and Parenting Youth in Foster Care Learning Collective is a forum where professionals from all disciplines can share information, including research like Dr. Harper-Brown just presented. If you'd like to join us, please visit our website at www.cssp.org. You can click on the Systems Reform and scroll down to Expected and Parenting Youth in Foster Care. There you will find a link about joining our collective. I am Lisa Primus, and on behalf of the Center for the Study of Social Policy, I thank you for joining us.